It is race week 2022, race one on Sunday in Qatar for MotoGP. What's up, everybody, in podcast land? I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice. I'm here with my man, Bo. Bo, what's going on this evening? It's race week, buddy. You know, we have been talking for the past few weeks about our favorite or our our nostalgic 500cc uh, two-stroke riders. We've been enjoying that, you know, talking and kind of reminiscing a little about, you know, what the the days of old are. And I'm not going to lie, this week really snuck up on me. I don't know about you, but I mean, we've been complaining about, hey, we, we don't have any racing to watch. There's nothing to do. We mope around the house each weekend. I have to get on here weekly and talk to you about old people. And right now, we've got a race weekend ahead of us, and I'm excited. What do you think? Oh, I'm super excited. So to your point, I sat there and realized that the race was next weekend on Sunday. You know, it, like you said, it snuck up on me a little bit, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, are they racing? Isn't it March 6th? And and I immediately like you. I got excited. I was like, oh, this is happening. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, I, you know, every year when it starts, I get so excited. Like I'm ready for it to start. Uh, and and this year's no different. There are a lot of storylines that I'm interested in. We have in every class, we've got some interesting storylines to to follow and talk about a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I I, I don't think I can remember um, having as much intrigue as I do in some of the lesser, the smaller classes. Not lesser, but the smaller classes. Like I'm really curious about Moto Two. I'm also yeah, really yeah, curious yeah. about some of the stuff in Moto Three, and then you know, in Moto GP, you know, we're very very curious in is Marquez ever going to come back? Yeah, is Marquez yeah. going to ever be Marquez again? Is the rookies is we have rookies that are coming in special too. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have we have rookies, so there's a ton to get through, um, and I'm excited about all of it. But I, I figure what you and I can do is talk about. We'll just do like we do during race season and talk about the races. We'll start in Moto Three, so we can get into form. What do you think? Yeah, let's roll into it. I think that sounds good. I felt like you just quit on me there. I mean, are you here with me? I'm here, man. I, I'm dedicated. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. Always? Yeah. And you, okay. you did catch right. me off guard with the Moto3. You know, we're, we've been focusing on the on the big dangerous killer bikes. And, um, you know, not to say that the Moto3 is <laughs> not dangerous. But, yeah. Um, yeah, let's dive right in. I, I was about to say, we've seen some people get sent to the moon by some of these little bikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, let's, let's talk about Moto3 a little bit. And for me... Um, I'm looking at a couple of guys. Uh, well, I'm going to give you my top, my five guys that I think right now should be in the title hunt. And and I'm, I'm not going to go any farther than Dennis Foggia. It should, I, I just really think the way he ended the year, he's got to be the title favorite. And we're hoping to see Dennis on the podium consistently and doing what he was doing at the end of the year because he was doing the business at the end of the year. Um Jamma Masia, we really need to see something. The talent's there, we know it. You've got to you've you've got to get it together, man. We cannot go seven, eight, ten races in the middle of the season where you're not showing up. Uh Sergio Garcia, who was also really strong last year until he got hurt. And then he came back and he he was not bad. He he came back and was very good. Um Andre Mino, as long as he can stay healthy, I should think should be there. Right. And then really for me, um, 
I, I, I kind of have one guy that I'm looking at through a side eye because he's got to win or he's really kind of done. And that's John McPhee. Yeah. Yeah. That for me, that this is what, that's what I'm at. So, I mean, give me, give me what you're looking at this year. Start it with who you think's doing with the title and then we'll, we'll move on from there. So I really can't, I really can't argue the fact that Dennis Fodge really finished the season last year on a really hard, uh, strong form, excuse me. <clears throat> and you know, he's going to be, he's expected to be very strong again, uh, coming up this year. And like you said, you know he's really that's really expected of him um and i think that he's got the talent to be able to do it he's just got to continue to to elevate himself and and that team has to elevate him to another level they've always built a fast bike it's always a rocket in a, in a in a straight line and um i think that you know he was kind of the the victim of circumstance a little bit last year with you know some DNFs and just uh, poor form, but also we saw the psychological effects of you know having family pressure inside the paddock so as long as that team sticks to keeping his dad at arm's length, you know, he can really focus on the task at wow. hand and, and put the, you know, put the rubber down to the road and really put in the effort. Um, I do agree Here with comes, Chandler everybody. Massey. Parenting advice from Bo Winter. <laughs> Parenting advice. Right. Hey, uh, hey you, this was, this is my opinion time. You get, I gave your, you gave yours without my interruption. So here's mine, right? <laughs> I'm having a good time. I know this is fun. We have fun here, folks. <laughs> Jamma Massey. You're right. <laughs> It's another, another, another character that has to deliver, and I really think that the pressure is going to be on this year um, from Akiyo and that team. To be completely honest, he had a rookie come through last year that showed sensational form, um, and then now the rookie's gone. You know, he's got another another teammate in Daniel Hodog Holgado, yep. excuse me, this year. Um, and, and yeah, he's really got new some guy. pressure on so him. So I'm interested to see this. You know, likewise yeah. across yeah. the garage in the Dennis, or excuse me, in the uh, KTM Tech Three garage is Dennis Onchu. Yep. I think Dennis Onchu's probably got to have yeah. a lot of pressure on him this year as well to really perform. And again, you know, to echo I, what I you think said, Dennis will be okay. Yeah, and to echo what you said about um, about John McPhee, I feel the same about John McPhee. But I also think that Tetsuki Suzuki really has to deliver this year. He's got an, yep. he, he's on an amazing bike now on that Leopard bike. He's got a really good teammate. I think he has to make this year uh, his year. You know, um, he's really got to capitalize on where he's at. He lost his ride um, in the Squadra Corsa Six Fifty Eight team last year. That team didn't work out, um, and and last year was really not a great year. For Suzuki, he didn't show a lot of consistency. No. Um, showed very, very brief flashes of the speed that we saw year before last. But this year, he's got to be consistent. He's got to be consistently fast as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with that. I, I really think Suzuki's got to do something or we're going to see him move to maybe World Super Sport or something like that. You know, I, I and I still don't know why John McPhee... It's just interesting to me that I, I would love to know the reasons that John McPhee has gotten so many opportunities. Not that he's not a good rider. To be at this level, you have to be great. It's just, you know, he's been with a lot of good teams, right? And it seems yeah. something mm -hmm. always seems to happen. Now, in John McPhee's defense, a lot of the stuff that happened a couple years ago, that was not his fault. People were hitting him left and right. I mean, it's like he was a magnet. But, you know... I, He's got to do something this year. Suzuki, same deal. Um, really too inconsistent. Put it on the deck too many times. 
and that stuff's got to get cleaned up, and you're going to need to see top tens and top fives consistently mm -hmm. to keep your job next year or to stay in the class even, I think. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Dennis Anchu, you said he might have a lot of pressure on him. I don't think he's got a ton of pressure, but I do think they're expecting him to be at the front of that pack. And by the front, I mean the top 10. There's there's 630 entries in this class, but that's an exaggeration. But it, there are a lot of entries in this class. And if you're in the top 5 to 10, uh, I, I feel like you're doing a good job. And let's not forget, he's on the Red Bull Tech 3 team, which is not the factory Red Bull team. It's really close. There's no doubt. Right. And they may be on the same spec bike. But, you know, he, he, did, he had some flashes last year. Um, and he seems to have gotten some of that erratic riding out of him, and hopefully we can continue to see that growth, and he'll go forward. But, you know, I you mentioned Daniel Holgado. I don't know anything about Daniel Holgado, and he moved straight into the Red Bull KTM IO team. Uh, there must be some talent. Yeah, that's, that's got to tell you something right there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Now, we don't know. The stage may be too big. I did not see his name at the top of all the testing charts. But I was when I saw that that's who they had picked, I really thought with the experienced riders they had out there, they really might go with another rider but uh, or move on Chew into it something. But they didn't. So they must have a lot of faith in this guy. So as always, Moto3 is going to be a barn burner. There's going yeah. to be 650 passes, and maybe not all of them good clean, choices, yeah. <laughs> but they're going to be choices. Yeah, they're not going to be clean, but they're going to do it. Um, there are a, a couple, couple riders. Other guys to look at. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no I was just going to say, no, I, I do have a couple on my radar that I want to pay attention to this year. Um, one is, you know, who we saw last year in Izan Guevara showed a lot, a lot of talent last year and a lot of speed really quickly. Yep, he um, sure did. Not quite as a meteoric yep. rise as, uh, um, as Pedro Acosta, but still had that talent. We still know it's there and we still know that he's going to be able to be, um, you know, effective on that bike. And he's still back with that gas, gas, Aspar team. So he's familiar with the team can jump yeah. right in and keep, get going right up to speed again. Um, but also Anna Carrasco. Yeah. Anna Carrasco is now in the Moto3 class. That, uh, that's a big story to me, class. too. I wanted yeah. to talk about that. Yep. So I want to pay attention there and see what she's able to do with these guys and uh, you know, really take it to them because I think the talent's there. And I think she had actually made the comment and shared with me that she her ultimate goal is to make it to the MotoGP. So with that mindset and you know, kind of the adversity Ooh. that she's already overcome with the neck injury and the spinal injury she had, um, and understand, you know, being a, the Super Sport 300 champion a couple of years ago, she's already, uh, I think, Ange said she's the 24 only years old. Wimp female world champion ever. Yeah. The only female world champion ever. That's worth noting. Um, I think she's going to be aggressive this year. She knows the tracks. Um, and she, once mm -hmm. she gets the bike, I've, I think she's going to come out swinging. Yeah, I think there's obviously some differences between the 300 that she was riding and won the World Super Sport, you know, Super Sport 300 Championship, uh, and the Moto 3 bike. I think this chassis in the Moto 3 bike's probably a bit stiffer, right? Um, but I, I, I think the size of that 300 was it actually was larger and weighed a little more than these 250s, so that should work in her favor. And to your point, she knows the tracks, so. There'll be an adaption, adapting period where she'll have to learn it, but I, I think it's just phenomenal that Anna 
not only has been a world champion, uh, but then got a serious, serious injury and came back from it and is now racing in the premier paddock. You know what I mean? She's yeah. in the, in the moto three class and the premier racing paddock in the, in the world for motorcycles. And that's, you can't do anything but tip your hat to people that fight through stuff like that, because it would have been easy for her after a serious injury like that to say, you know what? I've already been a world champion. Let me be done. And, and she didn't, and she's fighting. So I'm definitely going to be rooting for her and I want to see her be aggressive. Um, and I, I really, you may, I'm glad you mentioned Izan Guevara because he was probably without Pedro Acosta, you know, he was the, he was probably the rookie of the year. Um, he, he finished well consistently. He had a couple of bad races. He won the race in, uh, Austin. Um, so let's just, let's just see, because I think there's going to be some great, great racing. You know, somebody we didn't mention that last year, uh, figured a lot was Ayuma Sasaki. Um, he's not with Red Bull anymore. Uh, he was on one of the Red Bull teams last right, year right. or the KTM teams last year. And he, and he moved on to Sterling Garda Max. So, Let's see what he does. You know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Sasaki does because, you know, it's always better when Japanese riders are really good in the championship. Absolutely. I, I, I'm glad you said that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's always better. You know, we have Kaito Toba and we've already talked about uh, Tetsuki Suzuki. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we got we have a we have a good group of new faces, a lot of names I don't recognize, uh, and, but I I'm really interested to see uh, what these guys can do. Um, one of the 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 last thing I wanted to talk about with Moto Three, and that is uh, Adrian Fernandez, uh, the brother of Raúl Fernandez. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really curious to see whether Adrian Fernandez and and we saw some flashes from Kaito Toba last year, but Adrian Fernandez is has he's got his brother to live up to, and I wondered if last year that was bothering him some. Now his brother's not going to be winning everything, you know what I mean? And people are you know not asking him about his brother, so I'm wondering if he'll do a little better. Um, and I think I think he could. I think he's got the talent. I think he's pretty you know he's familiar with the bike now he had a year under his belt there maybe two uh but i'm curious about him and lastly uh xavier artigas um we saw some good things from him last year in flashes with that leopard team he moved to cf moto racing so i guess we're going to find out if it was the bike or if it was him yeah um so, the, you know you and i talked that the artigas move was almost confusing um considering the success that he had as a rookie last year so you know, when they let him go, that was a bit surprising to me. But like you're saying, hopefully we can see that there is a, uh, that it is the talent and it wasn't just the bike. Um, uh, and there's not much you can really say uh, additionally because this this entire Moto3 grid, we know it's just going to be a dogfight the entire race. And that's what oh, makes absolutely. it amazing yeah. racing. There's so much talent just stacked yep. in this grid when we step, you look at these names. You, Stefano Nepa, Sergio Garcia, Juan Guevara, you know, Anna Carrasco coming over like we talked about. Toba has won a race before. Um, yeah. it, it, it's such a deep, deep field. The, you know, the talent level is just elevated so much in this class. So um, these riders, it, are, everyone's yeah, got their work cut, cut out for them. Yeah, it's crazy because so much talent left. 
and there's still so much talent yeah. there. I mean, the racing is just always good. It really is. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I think we've we've covered that a little bit. Now, what do you expect to see in Qatar? I mean, let's pick a race winner, Moto3. What do you got? Well, you you don't have anything to go by, but who you got? Let's go Foggio. That bike's always fast in a straight line. Um, I'm going to yeah, go with Foggio. You took my pick. Yeah, you took my pick. Don't let but me you know pick what? first. I'm going to... Uh, no, yeah, right. That's that. That's the rule. But you know what? I I uh, I like that pick of Fagia. But you know what? I I'm going to say that I believe in Masia this year. I think okay. The second half of last year, Masia, you know, like the last seven eight races, maybe mm-hmm. less than half, but the last seven eight races, I saw Masia really kind of lock in, and. You know, at the beginning of the year, I think he was all out of sorts because Pedro Acosta was all the talk of the world and nobody expected it. And he thought he was going to be the guy. And all of a sudden he wasn't the guy, but he got it locked in at the end of the year. He was doing some really, really good things. And I'm, I'm looking for him there, but we do know that the Leopard bike is a rocket ship down the straight and that is a long straight. So <laughs> we shall see, but you, you go, you're going to go with the, uh, the easy pick. Oh, okay. Fruit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're going to pick first every time. So Listen, whatever you pick, yeah. low hanging fruit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Since I took your pick. Yeah. Then, then it's going to be an insult. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. But I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Massey. Yeah. I think, uh, I think both of those guys will probably end up on the podium provided they keep it up, but we'll see. Um, but let's move to moto two and talk about that a little bit. Um, man, so, I'm excited for this class. And you know why, Bo? USA. That's <laughs> why. We have three riders in Moto2. Now, I'm going to say I got a message for these riders. For Joe Roberts, for Cameron Bobier, and for SDK. Gentlemen, we need to see you on the box consistently. I want to get back to the golden age of racing. It's not which American, not not if an American's going to be on the box, but which. it's which American. Having, yeah, but which American. So having said that, let's get it done. But we have some real intrigue in Moto2 this year because we had all of our dominating performers last year leave. You had the top three in the championship go to MotoGP. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to let you start this time. What do you see that you're most interested in in Moto2? Well, I, I, obviously, personally, we have to look at the American team. You know, there's a lot riding on that. Not to, we want to see it succeed, right? We want to see Sean Dillon Kelly really come out strong and, and adapt quickly and be able to learn the tracks and be fast right out of the gate. Uh, we want to see Cameron Bobier take a step forward than what he did last year. Um, even though he had a good year, you yeah. know, he was really strong, <clears throat> being one of the older ones on the on the grid. But he showed a lot of promise, and the same for Joe Roberts. You know, Joe Roberts kind of was a bit disappointing last year with some of the finishes that he had. But we know that the speed is kinda. there. So watching all of these Americans, um, I think is really kind of going to be the first main focal point that you know for me to look at this this uh, this class. But you know, when we really start talking about you know who could be a championship pra- favorite. I think that Augusto Fernandez kind of stands out to me initially because he moved to the KTM Red Bull IO team. Mm-hmm. We know that yeah. that that move would not have happened 
if Akiyo did not see something special in Augusto Fernandez. And we've seen Augusto Fernandez very, very strong in races. He was strong on the Mark VDS team. He really got it going uh, towards the second half of the season, dialed the bike in. I mean, and the kid's got talent. So, you know, we know that he's hungry to win. We know the talent is there. And I think that that team can really put the strong bike up underneath of him that will allow him to do that. Um, another thing, you know, I want to see how the VR46 team does this year. Uh, Celestino Vietti still, you know, was in, was in this team last year. Um, had uh, Marco Betzecchi as a teammate. Had a really good rookie year. But now he's bringing Niccolo, Niccolo Antonelli on. And that's this is going to be his kind of his first for first foray, excuse me, into the Moto Two uh, race. Yeah, well, I so I found it interesting that the VR Forty Six Master Camp team has a Spanish rider on it. Um, I've never heard of this Master Camp, so immediately I'm intrigued. But, but you have um, heard of that I, rider. I, I, that's right. I really have. Manuel Gonzalez, I think, you know, he's a talented guy. Um, for I, I agree with what you said there. So, Sam Lowe's, uh, Augusto Fernandez, and then Aaron Kinnett has to be considered as well as, as one of the guys expected to compete for that championship. Now, having said all of that, we have a guy coming in on the other half of that Red Bull IO team that has adapted fairly quickly, it seems like, yeah. to the Moto2 bike. So I think there's a lot of eyes on Pedro Acosta. Uh, Pedro, he did him, he he did not look slow in preseason testing or that he was struggling, obviously. Right. Uh, right. He was under Absolutely. lap record pace. So Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd say that I, bike I feels at that good. And I went, yeah, I, I, I would. Um, but I, I think guys like Kinnett, guys like um, Fernandez, his teammate, and even Celestino Vietti, to your point, Sam Lowe's, he's never raced with those guys. So we're going to figure that out. I, I, On the flip side of that coin, though, on a guy that I just don't understand what's been going on with him, there's Lorenzo Dallaporta. And... So that's a good point. Let's talk. Why is he? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Who's who's on the bubble he this year in Moto Two? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think's on the bubble? Because well, he's I not think, the only one yeah. in this class. I think no. I don't know how Sam Chantra keeps getting a ride. It's got to be sponsorship money. Um, so there's another one for me. Um, Albert Arenas uh, is it should be doing better this year. So I'm not going to put him on the bubble, but Bo Benchneider, I'm going to put on the bubble because we saw Bo do really well in the first few laps in a lot of races last year. Mm -hmm. But when it got to lap eight, he started sliding. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I think Cameron Bobier has got to do some big things or the time may have passed. Does that make sense? Um, I, I Cameron's so. older for this class. I think so, but yeah, I don't think not Cameron's, Cameron's necessarily not a great rider, the, but because I, I don't think he's necessarily on the bubble though. Um someone who's kind of standing out to me, well, you know, in I addition right. to Della Porta, um, two names kind of pop out to me that I'm looking at right now are Marcel Schroeder and Jorge Navarro. And Jorge Navarro's moving over to the Flex Box team I, from the speed up team. 
um, there's just there hasn't been a lot of result there. There's a lot of speed, but there's not a lot of final result at the end of the Sunday race. No, um, there's not. I, I think from Navarro's point of view, though, he was on that chassis that they couldn't figure out forever. That and so now he's gonna he's probably gonna be on the same chassis as eighty five percent of the rest of the field, right? Right, right. Um, that that Bosco score chassis last year just not good. Um, so he left it after two or three years there. And yeah, I, I agree with you. He needs to show some speed, but I, I think with, with the, the same chassis as the fast guys, I, I think, uh, I think he's going to be okay now. So I think that's a good, that is a good point may, to talk about because both of those guys right. on that, the Flexbox team are coming from the speed up chassis. So you're going to see right away yep. if there is an immediate adaptation to it. Um, to the Calyx, or yep. if there is, you know, if yep. there could possibly be some rider issue there as well. Well, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up the Boscoscura because on Speed Up Racing, taking probably Jorge's place was Romano Fanati. Coming back to Moto2 after the event, we shall call it. Yes. Um, but but you know what? I, I, don't, I don't hold any ill will towards Romano Fanati. Honestly, I, I think he paid his dues, he paid his penalties, and he's he had the little problem dust up with his teammate last year. But on track, I've seen I've not seen anything that makes me think Romano's dangerous. And um I, I think the rest of the field probably feels the same way. Um yeah, I'd that was terrible that. what he yeah. did. He should have never um but I, I think I think he's back doing it. and and He's he's paid his dues. I mean, he spent the last two years in Moto three, keeping his head down for the most part, not being a problem. So, you know, I let's see what he does. But where are you expecting Pedro Acosta to be? Do you expect him to be fighting for the title, or do you expect him to be in a learning situation where we see some improvement? And he's at the end of the year; he's starting to be kind right. of, you know competitive I, at the front. I think it's going to take a couple races uh possibly for him to get his elbow sharp with some of the guys here in this class. Uh just because we know that this is also fairly aggressive racing uh, to some point, you know, um yep, just bigger. But, but I do not want to count him out of a cha of a championship run at all. I want to no. say that I I see potential there. I mean, obviously he he stepped into the Moto3 class and took it by storm. Who's to say that he's not going to do the exact same thing uh, with the backing that he's got? He's comfortable with the team. He's comfortable with the manager. If he's he's clearly getting comfortable on the chassis, all of the ingredients are there. Knows the tracks. All he's got to do is yeah. start to adapt this bike to those new tracks as he goes week in and week out. And I think that for someone of this caliber talent, that's going to come quite easily for him. Um, so so I, I I'm not going to seem to in the test. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, but I think history tells us that this doesn't happen very often. So the odds are that he won't be the champion at the end of the year. But I, I do think it's probably one of those things where he's in the top five this year by the end of the year, and then he's fighting for the championship next year. Right. So, right. but we'll withhold judgment. I mean, this kid could do what he did in Moto Three. You're absolutely right. We don't know. I mean, he did. He was lapping at incredible times. Uh, in their last test. Now, those those numbers aren't always going to translate into wins during the season. We know that. We do. Uh, we have 
we have called out an Aprilia rider for year after year for being the best you testing watch rider your tongue. in the in the class. <laughs> but I I think Pedro is a little different. I I think for him to do it coming out in his rookie season. That's pretty impressive. That to your point, yeah, that bike is comfortable for him. It feels good. He likes what's happening and he's only going to get better. But I I really think Kanet may be he he could really I Lowe's faded so badly last year. I have a hard time betting on him. I, I think Kanet really could be the guy. Um we'll just have to see. You just uh, want to know what that bow tie is all about. Okay, well that's true. I, I I will admit that. I'm trying to speak it into existence. You caught me, but I, <laughs> no, that's I, a good pick. I, I, I think you're I think you're right. I'm looking at you know kind of looking at the depth chart between these teams. Um, honestly, I think you're right. That's a really good pick. I, I can't argue with that at all. I w- I would really like to and really like to pick somebody else. Well, um, but no, that's here's my pick. I think he's in a good headspace. I think Ayagura may actually be pretty strong this year as well. He showed a lot of a lot of lot of progression last year and I think that he'll be yep. up towards the front. A lot of flashes, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I think I don't I wouldn't disagree with Ayagura being competitive. Like I said, I want the Japanese riders to be more competitive and he really did have some moments last year. Um but I did but the reason I one of the reasons I was drawn to Kanet was I saw that he finished the tattoos all the way up to under his skull on his neck. So I was like, well, this guy's in a good headspace. He's feeling good. You know, he had a good off season. He didn't do much. He sat in a tattoo chair, but it's fine. <laughs> you know, let's see what he does. Um, so give me, I'm going to give, I have a dark horse. Who do you think is a dark horse um, to kind of surprise us, come in and ride really, really well um, that we're not really expecting. And don't say Pedro Costa, that's low hanging fruit. So who, what, who's your, who's your dark horse there? I think Manuel Gonzalez. Okay. All right. I think Manuel Gonzalez. Please uh, explain. I, I liked what he did in world super sport. Um, Yamaha clearly felt the same way. And if he's going to be on the, you know, the Yamaha VR 46 master camp team, somebody there sees a lot of potential and they gave him that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that he's definitely going to be able to adapt. I think he, he did ra- race in a wild card last year, right? He did. So he's um, been on the bike before, and he yeah, got the test. Yeah. So. so I think that that's going to give him a little bit of a leg up um, to really come and attack this this grid strong. Well, What about you? So what are you thinking? I do like that pick. So there is a... So Fermin Aldegur. Fermin Aldegur mm-hmm. comes into this season with a lot of hype, um, a multiple time champion in the lower circuits. Um, and he got some, he got some one-off rides last year. Um, and he was in the top 10 mm-hmm. at least once. Um, now does that mean that he's going to set the world fire? Absolutely not. But he's somebody that I, I was hearing about and I'm interested to see what he can do in a full season. Um, I believe he was the, the Spanish national champion last year in the class that he raced. So, and previous year before that. So, there's a lot of hype, and I I would be willing to bet that any Spanish national champion is a pretty good rider. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's a, well. That's... I mean, you can say that about any national champion, but Spanish national champion or Italian national champion, 
you can you can pretty much put that in stone. That guy's fast. And that'll even you know? mean a lot so, more if he's able to take the Bosco Square chassis to the next level as well with of success. Yeah. That'll that'll speak to his well, talent that, that you're talking about. Right. Yeah, 100%. I do worry about that a little bit. Uh, maybe he just took the ride that he could get versus, you know, go win another championship, keep the hype train going, and then grab one of these big Calyx teams. Yeah. Because I can go ahead and tell you there's going to be a crazy silly season after this year. Dallaporta is going to be on the bubble. If he doesn't do well, he's out of Vital Trans, which we know is one of the best teams in Moto2. Yeah. Joe Roberts is no different. We know is one of the best teams in Moto2. So there could have been two seats there, but maybe it's just a one year and he gets in there and he just wanted to be in the class. And, you know, it's hard to say no when it's your dream to be in the paddock, right? Like, oh, of is. course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll see. And, and But this is just like Moto3, this is a stacked Moto2 class. These races should be really good all year long. I I don't foresee us at this moment. It could absolutely happen, but I don't foresee a lot of runaway victories. I, I foresee some battles in the last three laps and edge of our seat racing, and I'm excited for that. How about you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. i say we might see some gaps in the first couple of races until they really start to uh, figure out tire management, when the new at least for the new guys coming into the class. But no, I, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of elbow rubbing. There's going to be a lot of guys kind of trading pain a little bit and lots of aggressive and, and nice, hard, clean racing. Uh, I mean, it's going to be an exciting season, I think, in Moto2, absolutely. Well, let's move to MotoGP then. 